Section 4 of Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 2, by Washington Irving. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 2, by Washington Irving. Book 4, Chapter 8. Wilhelmus Kieft, as has already been observed, was a great legislator on a small scale, and had a microscopic eye in public affairs. He had been greatly annoyed by the facetious meetings of the good people of New Amsterdam. But observing that on these occasions the pipe was ever in their mouth, he began to think that the pipe was at the bottom of the affair and that there was some mysterious affinity between politics and tobacco-smoke. Determined to strike at the root of the evil, he began forthwith to rail at tobacco, as a noxious, nauseous weed, filthy in all its uses, and as to smoking, he denounced it as a heavy tax upon the public pocket, a vast consumer of time, a great encourager of idleness, and a deadly bane to the prosperity and morals of the people. Finally, he issued an edict prohibiting the smoking of tobacco throughout the New Netherlands. Ill-fated Kieft! Had he lived in the present age, and attempted to check the unbounded license of the press, he could not have struck more sorely upon the sensibilities of the million. The pipe, in fact, was the great organ of reflection and deliberation of the New Netherlander. It was his constant companion and solace was he gay he smoked was he sad he smoked his pipe was never out of his mouth it was a part of his physiognomy without it his best friends would not know him take away his pipe you might as well take away his nose the immediate effect of the edict of william the testy was a popular commotion a vast multitude armed with pipes and tobacco boxes and an immense supply of ammunition sat themselves down before the governor's house and fell to smoking with tremendous violence the testy william issued forth like a wrathful spider demanding the reason of this lawless fumigation the sturdy rioters replied by lolling back in their seats and puffing away with redoubled fury raising such a murky cloud that the governor was fain to take refuge in the interior of his castle a long negotiation ensued through the medium of anthony the trumpeter the governor was at first wrathful and unyielding but was gradually smoked into terms he concluded by permitting the smoking of tobacco but he abolished the fair long pipes used in the days of wouter van twiller denoting ease tranquillity and sobriety of deportment these he condemned as incompatible with the dispatch of business in place whereof he substituted little captious short pipes two inches in length which he observed could be stuck in one corner of the mouth or twisted in the hat-band and would never be in the way thus ended this alarming insurrection which was long known by the name of the pipe plot and which it has been somewhat quaintly observed did end like most plots and seditions in mere smoke but mark, O oh reader, the deplorable evils which did afterward result. 
the smoke of these villainous little pipes continually ascending in a cloud about the nose penetrated into and befogged the cerebellum dried up all the kindly moisture of the brain and rendered the people who used them as vaporish and testy as the governor himself nay what is worse from being goodly burly sleek conditioned men they became like our dutch yeomanry who smoke short pipes a lantern-jawed smoke-dried leather-hided race nor was this all from this fatal schism in tobacco-pipes we may date the rise of parties in new nederlands the rich and self-important burghers who had made their fortunes and could afford to be lazy adhered to the ancient fashion and formed a kind of aristocracy known as the long pipes while the lower order adopting the reform of william keeft as more convenient in their handicraft employments were branded with the plebeian name of short pipes a third party sprang up headed by the descendants of robert chewett the companion of the great hudson these discarded pipes altogether and took up chewing tobacco hence they were called quids an appellation since given to those political mongrels which sometimes spring up between the two great parties as a mule is produced between a horse and an ass and here i would note the great benefit of party distinctions in saving the people at large the trouble of thinking hesiod divides mankind into three classes those who think for themselves those who think as others think and those who do not think at all the second class comprises the great mass of society for most people require a set creed and a file leader hence the origin of party which means a large body of people some few of whom think and all the rest talk the former take the lead and discipline the latter prescribing what they must say what they must approve what they must hoot at whom they must support but above all whom they must hate for no one can be a right good partisan who is not a thorough-going hater the enlightened inhabitants of the manhattoes therefore being divided into parties were enabled to hate each other with great accuracy and now the great business of politics went bravely on the long pipes and short pipes assembling in separate beer-houses and smoking at each other with implacable vehemence to the great support of the state and profit of the tavern-keepers some indeed went so far as to bespatter their adversaries with those odoriferous little words which smell so strong in the dutch language believing like true politicians that they served their party and glorified themselves in proportion as they bewrayed their neighbors but however they might differ among themselves all parties agreed in abusing the governor seeing that he was not a governor of their choice but appointed by others to rule over them unhappy william keeft exclaims the sage writer of the stuyvesant manuscript doomed to contend with enemies too knowing to be entrapped and to reign over a people too wise to be governed all his foreign expeditions were baffled and set at naught by the all-pervading yankees all his home measures were canvassed and condemned by numerous and respectable meetings of pot-house politicians in the multitude of counsellors we are told there is safety but the multitude of counsellors was a continual source of perplexity to william keeft 
with a temperament as hot as an old radish and a mind subject to perpetual whirlwinds and tornadoes he never failed to get into a passion with every one who undertook to advise him i have observed however that your passionate little men like small boats with large sails are easily upset or blown out of their course so it was with william the testy who was prone to be carried away by the last piece of advice blown into his ear the consequence was that though a projector of the first class yet by continually changing his projects he gave none a fair trial and by endeavouring to do everything he in sober truth did nothing in the meantime the sovereign people having got into the saddle showed themselves as usual unmerciful riders spurring on the little governor with harangues and petitions and thwarting him with memorials and reproaches in much the same way as holiday apprentices manage an unlucky devil of a hack-horse so that wilhelmus kieft was kept at a worry or a gallop throughout the whole of his administration End of section four.